We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 Honda Classic Final Picks, DraftKings ownership, props, and of course, the return of the viewer chat. Reminder to smash the like button, sub to Mayo Media Network, play in the Listener's League link that's down in the description. There's around, I don't know, 100 spots left. Let's fill that up so we can get big money for Bay Hill next week, then even bigger money for the Players' Championship a week after that and the newsletter where all this will be in cheat sheet form will be able to be accessed later on tonight so sub to the mayo media newsletter that's down in the description or if you're just listening to the podcast want to type in substack.com mayo media boom you'll be getting all of my final picks and the best way to lose money is to subscribe to that newsletter apologies again uh, for anyone listening right now, I understand that the volume might be a little bit lower. We bought new mics. We did not test them. And of course, this is what happens when you don't test stuff out. But this is the spot that we're in. We're still doing the show. It's week one of the studio. We're working at the kinks. The nice thing about having the big studio once again is I get to have in-person guests. Tower Tambolini, host of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast, RunPureSports.com. You got a promo code for that? Promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. Get yourself 50% off your first month. You got it. All right. Well, you're in studio. This is why one of the reasons why I wanted to have the studio. Weirdly, a lot of local people that I use on my yeah. shows anyway that I just happen to live 10 minutes from. It's great. Happy to be here, man. Appreciate you having me back. I know some probably wondered, would he ever be back? All the rumors. And I'm back here live in studio. It's a beautiful studio. I got to see a little bit of the makeshift as we went along. Like you said, it's pretty good that we're here now, though, and happy to be in here talking Honda. Yeah, we're, we're still dark. Uh, the lights are on the way, so we should be good for that. I, I, tell me, how many so lights? Some people don't realize it is still pretty bright. We're looking right at it. I, but there, There's like 28 lights right above us, and somehow still not light enough. We'll have it all figured. We wanted to do the two-week test because yeah. the players is coming up. Want to have this for the players and like it running well and looking good. But uh, yeah, week one, it's going to be a problem. Let's talk my final bets for the week. You can chime in on these and tell me how I'm going to lose. Right. Here's what I got so far. I got Louie at 25. That number's gone. I'm not betting him at 16. If you get, They're still at 22 in certain places. I think the DraftKings Sportsbook has him at 16, though, so I'm off that. Horschel at 28. He's down to like 22 or 25. I'd probably still play the 25 on Horschel. I got him at 28. Bezadenhout, 60 with a top five. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I went to Woodland. 
with a top five at 60. We'll talk about that in a second. Then Thompson, 125. Will at 160. Harrington, 160. All with the top fives. And a, a FOMO bet on the Gim Reaper. 150, top five. First round leaders, Harrington, Straka, Hickok, Davis, Riley. Paul's suggestion on Jason Duffner. So I'm like all in on Jason <laughs> Duffner now. And Nick Watney. That ranges from 90 to 1 to 160 to 1, along with the top fives. I went Louie, one and done. Cust went Westwood. So... Okay. Prepare yourself. Take him out of your lineups. <laughs> and Jeff, of course, went Tommy Fleetwood at the Honda. He's never finished worse than fourth. Maybe Jeff cannot be in last place for the first time all year because Fleetwood does stuff. I'm not using Fleetwood anywhere, by the way. Okay, yeah, I know Jeff's uh, history with Fleetwood. We tweeted it out the other day. Obviously, those videos were great, but I'm with you on a couple of those. I, I've said it from the start of the week. I got the Billy Ho number with you. You can't spell Honda without Ho. Billy Ho, he lines up. There's a lot of them here, but I do like him for that reason. I liked him at that number. He's coming in in form. We know about Billy Ho. Think back to the FedEx Cup win a few years back, more than a few years back now, but it's, he, go, he goes streaky, right? He gets hot. He comes through. He likes to be back in Florida on these Bermuda greens. I like your one and done. I put Louie there because I can't bring myself to play him on DraftKings or anything. I just I keep looking and it's like M is right there or I can just drop down we're going to talk some lineup construction later of course and I liked Davis Riley and Kramer Hickok your first first round leader bets they're guys that I want to play but with the restricted amount of lineups or higher dollar lower entry type stuff that I'm playing I just I, I don't feel as safe putting them in there but I'd love to put some first round leader dollars behind them yeah different ways that you can get it on the actual we'll talk props too especially round one props in, you know, in case you want to dabble I mean that's the only reason I play first round leaders because I I only play showdown at the multi-course locations right. for round one, round two, anything like that. So I just really just stay away from showdown. So first round leader bets, they, they get the juices going. Something to root. And like the tournament starts at 6 a.m. now. Like by the time I wake up, half these guys are going to be eight over par. So, you know, you have to put some guys in the afternoon wave to give you something to track on your shot tracker. Stay out of the discords this week, man. Any of them out there, run pure, wherever you guys are at, because that's where the tilting begins. And you forget, there's so much water, so many par threes. Every time you put it in the water on a par three, you're going to the drop zone for par. So expect a double bogey, and that's what people have to remember out there. There's going to be a lot of that through round one and throughout the tournament, mind you. People are going to be so tilted. Oh, it's crazy. If it's your <laughs> first time playing DFS golf, this is sort of where you build your backbone of not sweating it or worrying about it if you, if you can. I know some people can't do that, but for me, that's where I got it from. These tournaments, you just have to realize how it's going to go out of the gate. So basically anything at the player, anything in Florida is oh. just going to eat you up. Yeah, definitely. Memorial comes to mind as well, another tournament where people get eaten up early and everyone's tilting, and then Xander goes plus eight day one and battles back and finishes T12 and you have to say see see it can happen you have to be ready for that so let's talk DraftKings uh, in terms of ownership and I'm talking like the giant $5 the giant $20 I actually played 51 lineups into the $5 that's just what I'm doing now I, I like my favorite part of the week is actually building the lineups whether or not it's successful who knows sometimes it is other times you get com when you play 51 you're not going to get like wiped out completely although I do play a pretty condensed core I think what do I have here how many guys are in the core this week? I have 28 people for 50 lineups. That's good. Does that sound right? Is yeah, that I many? like that personally. We talk about this all the time, but a lot of guys play too many, right, out there. And I think that's the problem is, like, oh, a little of this guy. And then they, the common theme, I was so overweight on this guy, but I just didn't get him in the right spot. Well, it's because you played 70 guys. You're, you're unlikely to get them all in the right combination at that point. And, and this is where, did I say that I played Svensson first round leader? I'm playing Svensson first round leader too. Canadian. I'm gonna, he's not Canadian. He's not. Maybe he's not. Maybe he is. I, I thought he was from Florida. Adam Svensson. He's, he's our guy. He's a Canadian guy. Then is it Smotherman who's not Canadian? Smotherman is not Canadian, Svensson but I is, like him too, by the way, if we're bringing names up. Right? Uh, he's someone, when we talk about ownership right now, he's someone who's owned yeah. this week. Do you think it's going to be him or Louie? It's going to be him. It's going to be him. 
And that's what I just said at the top with me. Like, I, I like, I get Louis. I've always been a proponent of saying, hey, Louis in these weak fields, people don't want to play him. Now, that was when he was 7 and 8K and people weren't understanding how good he truly is and these types of events. He's like an Adam Scott or another guy we'll talk about later, Daniel Berger, where people don't realize it, but they always come top 20, top 30. And you say, well, how? What, they suck. No, they play in the strongest fields in majors, WGCs. Like, that's a pretty damn good finish up against the competition they're playing against. And I think, like you said here with Louis at 10-8, people will find that $200 to just move up to Sung JM. Has everyone come around on Burger? Now that the back's not a problem anymore, like I'm using them. <laughs> yeah, I was already using them. I think the ownership's already pushing that 15 to 20 range in something like the five or the $20. I definitely think it's going to be higher the higher stakes you go because people just already back to that mental mind state of who cares? I'm just going to play them or not. And then, of course, right before we hopped in here live, the first media report came out saying not only did he play the Pro-Am today, no problem, but they said also that he's healthy. He said, look, the only reason I didn't come through at the Phoenix Open was not my back. He said it's because the practice not happening leading up, but my back was better so he says he's 100 10 days rest coming in here and realistically ownership or not he's probably cheaper than he should be for this field with his ability to win on tour let's move the mic more this way in front of you yeah like this so like when you're looking at me you're speaking directly into the mic gotcha that then we're, we're doing this on the flyer it's a live show <laughs> when you when you're day three in a new studio you got to go live that, yes, that way you really figure out the kinks right away yeah like this isn't working this isn't working this isn't working I had Berger projected to be the most expensive player this week, and I was stunned when he wasn't. Because, yes, I, did, I would be stunned if DraftKings actually put his back injury into their algorithm for pricing. So why isn't he the highest price guy? Yeah, I think it's just the fact of what course history brings, especially when we're talking on DraftKings. That's always a favorite of everybody. And when you look at someone like Sung J.M., obviously we were there live when he won <laughs> just a couple years back. He posted the pictures on Twitter the other day. We got to see it. Kenny Kim out there going crazy, speaking Korean to him down the stretch. You're watching all these big boy shots. And I think that matters and people look at that. And then they bring in the rankings some and, of course, Vegas odds. And Vegas has to be a little bit more weary of that with the back and everything that's been going on lately. But like you said, two guys there, really. Burger, two FSU guys, actually. Berger and Kepka right there to me those are the best players in the field forget course history and all the other stuff those are the best players in the field but they're not priced as the most expensive players in the field so Sungjae Berger's rising Berger might be second Horschel Keith Mitchell Shane Lowry Bezadenhout Louie those are probably the quote-unquote like chalk guys, right? Yeah, and Chris Kirk as well 7,500 I think he's getting some steam down there also I'm not playing Chris Kirk yeah, there, there's enough of like the same guy in that range that why play the most owned one like Glover is exactly the same Thompson's exactly the same. They're all the same guy. There's so many guys there. And to be honest too, another thing people have to start realizing is this corn fairy tour crop is a lot different than what we've seen in the past. When you think about what, like Cameron Young, no fluke. I don't think the last two weeks, he's now 8,600 this week. But when you go back down there, Taylor Moore, Aaron Rye, some of those guys we'll talk about. Aaron Rye is actually an interesting case. He's 7,400 right beneath him there. And I wanted to bring something up on him because this is just a narrative based piece and a tidbit because we'll probably talk some Ricky Fowler later. It's, oh God. You know, finally a course back where he, it's do or die for him. Let's just say that. But this is 2022. In 2020, Aaron Rye won the Scottish Open. Very tough field, windy, tough course, got to have the around the green game, everything that goes with it. In 2015, Ricky Fowler won the Scottish Open, acronym SO, came to the Honda Open, acronym HO. Two years later, he won it in 2017 here. That leads to Aaron Rye going on the Ricky Fowler path of taking this down this year. Two gloves or iron covers or not, he can get the job done. I like it. He's got to be so owned. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he will be. I think you said it, uh, you know, 7,500, that range. And we've seen this in the past, too. Too many guys 
in this range to be messing around with playing the 18% guy, right? Or something like that. I, I think it's going to be a little bit flatter. Like you're going to have Denny, Kirk, Thompson, Rye, Glover. I think those guys, it won't, the projections won't be good for them because you can't underestimate looking at your lineup last second and be like, well, I don't even know what Aaron Rye looks like, so I'll just play Chris <laughs> Kirk instead. Like there, yeah. there's that mentality out there. The play in that range, it's not Ricky Fowler, by the way. It's Sig, Higo, or personally my favorite, Brendan Todd at 5500 or 7500 bucks. Like people aren't using Todd, just use Todd instead of Aaron Rye. Or, or instead of Chris Kirk, he's he's awesome. He's yeah. obviously he's really like the ultimate pivot there, and he's the same thing and no ownership. It's right now I'm seeing upwards of fifteen to twenty on Chris Kirk and almost no ownership period on Brendan Todd, and it's what he does, right? This is sort of the perfect spot for a guy like him. What about Ian Poulter right there in this range or CT Pan? I've heard them getting a little bit of love as well. Lee Westwood, you mentioned already, the cost. yeah, done exactly. But I think there's some other guys getting some love in this range. And then even at the top, you've got Taylor Moore. I'm playing Taylor Moore. I have yeah. Taylor Moore in my lineups. I, as, I do as well. And I also have Ryan Palmer in my lineups because I think this is where it's funny. But, you know, he's getting some ownership, don't get me wrong, but not the Chris Kirk levels or Aaron Rye or guys you're talking about down there that are getting mentioned that maybe shouldn't. But Ryan Palmer gets a bad rap because of the bear trap. And all of a sudden, uh, Russell Knox at 200 bucks more at 8,100 gets a great rap because, oh, he's the best since 2007. <laughs> you go back, he's missed four of the last five cuts with a best of 51st. Ryan Palmer's four or five made cuts in the same time period with a 17th and a fourth. He just sucks on those three holes. He gets to play the other 15. That's correct. That works out. Same as Russell Knox. He has to play yes. the other 15. That doesn't really work out so well. So at the bottom, I went over this on the show with Joe yesterday, but I like Svensson. He sold me on Svensson. Swafford keeps rating out well for me, but it doesn't look like the ownership's coming. Like the way that he would pop in like an optimizer, I would imagine, not that I look at a ton of optimizers. I would assume he's like the cheap guy that everyone should be playing, yet no one wants to play him. It's kind of strange. Yeah, I mean, he just won a month ago at the Amex. Not an easy course in its own right. I mean, a little bit, but easier than here, let's say. But just think about it. At 7100 the price does seem wrong. But surprisingly, and to your point, I don't think anyone's going there for the most part. It looks like around 5 maybe gets pushing towards 10 but I don't even think so, to be honest, at this point. Yeah, Wise and Vegas and Mito, not a ton, but like double-digit ownership yeah. in the middle of the eights. Anyone from the sixes, like you... Th- because you said you're playing higher stakes, you're playing fewer lineups, you need to make some like real critical decisions. Yeah. You don't want to be Pat Mayo playing Nick Watney as a part of your build, which I'm doing because I'm a loser. Jason Duffner, like what's the lowest you think you're going to go? I do have a lineup with Duffner. And I know it's bad. I know he's missed so many cuts, but it's just the, you know, the point of sometimes coming back. That's what I think people forget too. We are coming from West Coast Back to Florida swing. It's totally different. I don't think you could take all the exact recent form of what he's done there. Coming back to a course that he knows on Bermuda. You never know. And there's already a ton of variance at this course. We know the volatility of this course. So if he can get it in the mix, I think it's okay. But the guys I like actually are Mark Hubbard. I think he's getting a little bit of popularity, but at 6,900, people don't know this, but played just last week where our boy Benny on got the W on the Corn Ferry Tour right behind him. Sixth place, Mark Hubbard had some good history coming in before that. Already decent here in the past, 6,900, pretty fair price, better on Bermuda as well. And then Matthew Neesmith, 
Uh, I don't know if a lot of people compare this course to the RBC Heritage, but just little places like that. Do, do, you, do you think that it does correlate with RBC Heritage? Not really, but what I would say <laughs> is that, you know, when you have tree-lined and you have tricky holes and things like that that you have to look at, it's hard. These course correlations that people put out there at sometimes, even myself included, you can, you're trying to draw at straws well, with little well, you information. Well, al- you also need something to write about. I think that Correct. to talk about, to write about, we're in the business I'm in. I mean, you win. I don't. So I really <laughs> need to be better at content than a lot of people because, you know, DFS is not paying my bills. Betting is not paying my bills. Around here, the, the comp that I always use is Sony, yeah. just because we've seen four crossover winners in the past 12 years between those two courses. I do think that TPC Twin Cities, although the courses don't really have much in common uh, as a part of like their layout or you know the grass type or the length, anything like that, there is a ton of water on that course. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it fucks with people's sight lines. It fucks with their temperament. Like when you see a bunch of water out there, either that you have to carry or it's off to the right and it's just omnipresent around the course i think some guys handle it better and that, that that's me grasping at straws like you just said but i'm just looking at it right now the best players in the field t to green at tpc twin cities this week and this is an average they've only played that three times so some guys have four rounds some guys have two rounds some guys have eight rounds svensson schwab louis streelman steel not bad some guys yeah. have played well here yeah. todd vegas appy Barnrat, hickok your boy mark hubbard yeah neiman Burger's up there. Fratelli is up there. Brian Stewart, Charles Schwartzel, Matthew Wolf, Sung J M, Doug Gim, Mito Pereira, and the one here's the one that I wanted to ask you. You you brought up Brooks Kepka. Patrick Reed is eighty eight hundred dollars and might be one percent owned. Yeah, actually, I'm going to play him. I think that's uh, just a point needs to be made there. I think that's where, again, like I said, people just dig so much. Into, oh, it's so hard. How can you put real money behind him? He's 1%. And you go just away from that, which even if he's showing up there, hard courses in general, talent level, long-term, PGA winning. Again, it's not ideal what he's been doing lately, but it's not ideal what Duffner's been doing <laughs> lately either. And I know some of that's priced in at 6200 versus Reed's price. But if he's going to be 1%, man, you have to at least take a shot on him. You know, give it a shot. All right, any more DraftKings notes to pass along? Uh, I don't think much else. I was going to ask you a little bit about the uh, Mito situation. It goes to betting and DraftKings. I'm not playing him. I'm not playing him. I'm not betting him. Okay. I have enough guys from around. Like, I'm playing Mac Hughes instead of, like, Mito for cheaper. Yeah, we have the Mac Hughes story. Met his mom on 18. But but I do think it's, you know, a little interesting on Mac Hughes. A note that I had on him was just over the last couple of, you know, the last five events, the events that he missed the cut at are actually the two harder events. And, you know, we always say we want Mac Hughes on these tough courses, but he is a great scrambler. He, he's sort of the Canadian spieth when it comes to that around the green magic beans putting. He can do it. So maybe it's a good spot for him. The Mito thing, though, is going to be just too owned, I think. Like you mentioned it, I, I did bet him. I unfortunately bet him with an each way, so I couldn't cash my money yeah, out. That sucks. I saw the boost yesterday go up to 80, and I was like, damn, I cannot do this. I wish I could get it back. They were giving Keith Mitchell at 66 on a boost, and I had wished I could transfer my money over there, but I could not, unfortunately, with betting the each way. But I'm definitely not going to be in on Mito this week at 8,900. So of the top-owned guys, the ones I'm not using, I'm not using Mitchell, I'm not using Mito, I'm not using Knox, I'm not using Rye. And I'm not using Brian Harmon, who I think might push like 12 to 15%. Just everyone will think that he's the pivot play in the eights and just they'll end up playing him. And just everyone will come to that same conclusion. Like, oh, I don't want to play Mito. I don't want to play Wise. I don't want to play Vegas. And it just turns out that Harmon ends up being exactly the same as all of them. I am playing Wolf this week, though. 
You're playing Wolf. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were gonna say Wise when the when the deck rolled am, out I am, there. I am playing Wise as well, but I'm playing more Wolf. Okay. I'm not playing Wolf this week. I think that one of those guys where the water lines mess with his sight lines. I think he's definitely a, a capable uh, a person there that could have that happen to him. So he's the one of the ones that I left out. But I do like some of the others. I like what you said there. I'm I'm not in on Louis. Like I mentioned, that's more. He's still getting some ownership. It won't be Sungjae levels, but up at the top there, definitely not in on him. And then I, I do struggle even with like Christian Bazudenhout getting a little bit of ownership knocks right there and that thing. And we'll, we'll talk lineup construction, I'm sure, but just in general, sort of that's the idea where I think people start up top and when they plug in their one eight K guy, it ends up being one of them or Mito at the top. And that middle range could really go overlooked. I think that's where you can sort of make, make up some ground. You mentioned Reed in there, Cameron Young. I know it's been two strong weeks and you maybe don't want to go back to him, but when you talk about a little bit of distance, can avoid some of that water, how good he's been off the tee. And again, just talking about how good he is off the, he won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour. I don't know, like, that's why I couldn't understand even last week when people still didn't want to go there. I, oh, I, uh, you were on him. I'm, I'm so upset with myself last week. The Neiman pivot, yeah. Just, just play Neiman. Yeah. Just play Neiman. Why, why get tricky with Kevin Na? Why? Why did I do it? <laughs> Good He's, around the green. He's got the upside. He can win. I, I've been there. I also was with you last week. I had the top non-Neiman lineup in the Mega Millionaire Maker, which came ninth, you know, eight spots away from the, the big million dollars up top. No Neiman, of course. Play, I think, I, I forget who was in that line. Uh, McNeely or so. I had a good week, but if it was Neiman, it's like 30 more points, which made the difference. Yeah, I had the five of six. Yeah. I, I had the best non-Neiman five of six in the 88. So just put... Put Neiman in there. I mean, it's that's not how it works, obviously. Right. But this is what this is the point it, it of play. It could have worked. That's it, the thing. And it, I, I think well, salary wise, it worked for me because I had left two hundred on the table. I could have used Neiman in that spot and just. But I can't kick myself because I didn't use any Neiman. So yeah, it's but, not like I was going to use him. It's not well, like I had the, a, yeah. It's not like I had another lineup that like Neiman was in, but one of the other I, that Cameron Young wasn't in. I just had zero percent Neiman. You weren't getting there, and that's what happens, <laughs> right? The the person that has one hundred and fifty lineups says, "Oh, I should have played the bigger contest." You were going to pick that exact one yeah. lineup out of the out of the crew and put it into the big tournament? Probably not. One last thing. It's a 2v2 on DraftKings. This is where you can make a lot of bread each week. Sungjae Im and Mito is the same price. It's $100 more, so you can definitely still fit this 2v2 of Burger and Lowry. And I think that's an extremely intriguing one where you just take... I mean, you're not playing Mito anyway, but just talking people watching, general public. I think if they go look at their lineups right now, they're going to see a lot of Sungjae Mito starting points or somewhere around that range. And it's the same price for Burger Lowry. I kind of like Lowry this week. It's a guy we didn't talk about. You just think about all-around game. I put him in. I Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking about... I have the 555 ticket. Yep. Do I use it this week? Because someone said, like, the Masters because the prize pool is bigger. But I don't want to use it at, like, a limited field event. I want to use it in, like, a... I feel like my best shot in a single entry is to use it at a high variance tournament like this exactly. and just hope to get lucky. Yeah, the volatility here is that. At the Masters, like last year, I think it was Corey Connors was 6,900 and he's 20%. He said, oh, never play and, the 6 And you needed him. You have to play him. Like, it's just a bad price in a limited field where you can automatically cross out guys. Here, you have no idea who you can cross out. There's very few because the field's not a bunch of qualifiers and amateurs, but it's also, like you said, that volatility of how tough it is, the water. People can be gone in an instant or look good at two under and all of a sudden they're five over missing the cut to end the day on a plus four plus three cut even so i want to take more of a grinder line if i can grind through a six of six although this never works i'm like oh this this, this looks like a safe six of six kevin nah that's how he gets in there that's, that's grind how, it out for me that's how that works so yeah. i think what i'm going to do is start horschel lowry jones yeah because i avoid all those 10k guys and i can still afford the svensons the willets i don't know if Willett's going to be in i don't have the lineup yet but that's what i'm thinking that balance build versus 
Sungjae Berger, yeah. Louis Berger. Just avoid those guys. Hopefully the chalk bus and these three guys make the cut. Then I'm dancing. Two things I love about it. One, you've avoided the complete five-figure range, which yeah. most, no matter what people say, we know Sungjae's going to be popular. Their pivots end up going to maybe Neiman off the win. No one will go back, they'll say. Or Berger, he's healthy now. Or Brooks, it's a tough field. He's the best golfer, major champion. The second thing I love about it is that Horschel, starting there won't be that uncommon. It'll be uncommon versus the masses, but the people will do this move. But a lot of people will decide on Horschel or Lowry, and you're plugging them both. And the last piece, just to add in, because we didn't talk about it, Matt Jones looked really good last week. <laughs> Ball straight. I don't know what people are, are, have against him here. Uh, Keith, look, two weeks ago, it was, it was wise at 7,100. Missed the cut, huge chalk. Last week was 8,100 or 8K because Fitzpatrick ended up withdrawing and it ended up being Taylor Gooch. This week, I have a funny feeling. I don't want to say it because, you know, the bad mojo with Keith Mitchell, but 9,100, chalk Keith Mitchell, this is going to work out. Like, he has been playing incredible golf. He's a former winner here. He dropped the 18-foot bomb in good Ricky Fowler and prime Brooks Kepka's mouth as they waited onside to see if there would be a playoff. He's got the moxie. He's looked better lately, but Matt Jones played really good last week, and he's got no ownership compared to Keith Mitchell. Looked good last week. Last year's winner dominated the field here last year. It made for, it ruined the tournament, essentially, it for did. us. It, it, made, it, it made it unwatchable. Yeah. J.B. Holmes on featured coverage on Sunday also made it unwatchable. Yeah. Where is J.B.? Is he, did, is he injured? Like, where, I don't know, but that was the karma for the Norrin <laughs> win he took away back at the Farmers that year when I believe it was Norrin and Day, and I think it was one other person there went into the Monday playoff, and, and Norrin lost it. To today because of J.B. Holmes plumb-bobbing it all the way down the stretch. So that's the karma. So, prizepicks.com. They have new every... You can bet on particular holes. You can play the bear trap as a whole. They have a bunch of new features. So if you're not on prizepicks.com as of yet, go use code MMN at your deposit, and you'll get a deposit match of up to 100 bucks. So deposit 100 get 100 I like... There's, they have an eight. They, you can play birdies or better for the round. You can play greens and regulations for the round. But I was taking a look at the hole 18 shots. It's the second par five. It's the closing hole. And when I went on to fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off, if you want to go look at this stuff, that 18 is easy, but the birdie rate is below birdie plus eagle rate. Birdie or better rate is below 50%. Now, there's scrub players in this field, but there's water on this hole. That green is gigantic. You can three-putt it, no problem. You can put it into the water and still make power going for it. So a lot of guys will opt to actually just go for it if they put it in the water. You know, up and down for power, no big deal. Right. I took my chance to get my eagle. Didn't work out. Didn't really lose anything to the field. I think that's the soft spot at least in terms of round one before we see it. They're giving us limited options. Like, they're only giving us the really good players in the field. But everyone is listed at 4.5 strokes. I think going overs on hole 18 might be a path here. I wanted to run this by you, though. I, I don't have anything in yet. Might be the contrarian in me, but but my first thought was, first off, love prize picks, do great shows on Mayo Media Network for it, all season with my boy JT Hayes for football. Love it for golf, though. I've been looking at it lately, and what I love about it is you can sprinkle your action, and it's a lot of round one. One side of it that you mentioned is, though, is it is a lot of the better players. I think they opt to make it safe, and what I would say, too, is you mentioned it earlier with the sight lines, the water, the tough challenges, I think it's a lot harder to play 18 on round four, <laughs> obvious reasons, than it is in round one. Sure. So while they may take on more risk, some of these guys are just good enough and have been coming in hot that they can take the risk and get there so I would probably actually lean unders in round one and hope that they just do their job fairway green or chip put it close enough and, and they're good in that sense make some birdies that way all right well what are you looking at 
I like the, I love the round one action. I don't like to tie my money up. <laughs> I was looking I was looking at the birdies are better, right? Right out of the gate. You can go to that one. They do limit it to the golfers. And some of them, the one thing I don't like is like a Brooks Kepka. So he's four. You don't get the hook. The push is very much in play, but they have been monitoring the numbers and changing them down. I'm not sure why, but yesterday preparing for the show, I was looking at Neiman and he was four. Now he's three and a half. I'm not certain what Neiman's gonna do over the run of the tournament in something like DraftKings at ten thousand six hundred dollars. But with how good he looked last week, even seven. 75% of that Neiman, the 75% hopefully being the one, two and round one, two and three when he played his best can come in here and get over three and a half birdies. I do like that. And then another guy, you're going to hate this one. It's disgusting because you scoffed at him earlier, but do or die for Ricky Fowler. Of course, he knows very well. He's also three yeah, and uh, a half. Yeah, over. Yeah, over. No, I mean... Oh, you're you're you're, you're, you're yes. taking an over of three and a half birdies. I'm taking. How about a, over three and a half triple bogeys? <laughs> you can do the strokes, and it's I believe 70, 71 for Ricky Fowler. I'll yeah. pull it up. Can, can he shoot? Will he be over par or under par? They won't let you parlay it because you can only pick one in that sense. Yeah. But you can do like the two guys to make birdies. Uh, the reason I like the three and a half birdies is because I actually think Ricky could shoot an over par round with four birdies. It, it's just the way this course is and how bad he's been playing. But I also think there has been some sh- some some signs there. Like you look back, he's miscut, miscut, and finally made a cut. Maybe that gives him some some moxie coming in to the Florida Tour, sleeping in his own bed, staying at home at a course he knows quite well. Over three and a half for him and Neiman were my two favorites this week coming in. I, I think I might just go with over strokes in the first round and yeah. not me having them watching my guys go into the water that's going to be like set at 0.5 will i have a stroke or not maybe prize picks can put that up i don't know fowler over 71 strokes so two over or worse patrick reed over 70.5 like i get why he's a good DraftKings play and that no one is using him he also sucks right now yeah and he can't drive the ball <laughs> neither of these two guys can drive the ball it just feels like water galore for them yeah, the funny thing is all season long we play this in NFL and we want to bet overs. We never want to take the unders, even though it's literally they start. So Cooper Cup, 105 yards, we're taking overs. It's like he has zero to start the game. You're just, you know, you should take the under. Here we're doing the opposite, right? We're taking the over strokes, which is saying they're going to play badly. And, th- and that's what we expect at this course. So I like that from a strokes perspective. The reason I like the birdies is because he could still make the birdies and not. But I love the read call. Like you mentioned for DraftKings, it's a totally different reason. 1% in a range, people are playing Mito above and guys down below. This is totally different. Why we like prize picks you want to get to the chat yeah let's do the chat i'm ready how, how many i believe the conversation was how many fuck yous or fuck offs and how many banned for life so that's what we got to get the over under on we'll get get that on prize picks for next time people already have their messages redacted so oh. that they, they know what's coming they don't want to be banned for life <laughs> okay in the chat i mean i wouldn't want to be banned in the chat for either uh, this guy said favorite play from 7,000 to 7,700 I like Svensson and I like Glover and Thompson and Todd. Like those four guys are the main ones that I'm using with like a little dash of Davis Riley and Danny Willett. But like those four guys are my most own guys in that range. Yeah, I'm hovering more around the bottom. The Swafford that we talked about, like you could play him down there. I got even a little bit of Charles Howell, big unknown, didn't really mention him, but he's got a good, de- a decent course history here at least. And then Glover over Kirk, like you mentioned, is a good play at 7,400, I think as well. And I believe he played pretty good at the Sony, which you mentioned was one of the better correlation courses here too. So like him. There we are. So Charles Howell was widely over, what I thought was widely overvalued on prize picks. And then I started looking into his numbers. It was like greens and regulation for Charles Howell, the third 12. I was like, that seems high. At a course where, like, the average GER rate's 60%. Yeah, he's, he's had some decent results lately, if you go back and look. And, I, again, we use Fantasy National. We talk about it every show, Kenny Kim and myself. I think that looking back at that, that's one of the things I try and do is bring in not just what everybody else does with 50 rounds, but what have they done lately. And when you look at the trending in the rolling report, he still showed up as well and not coming in with much ownership at all this week. 
Higo and Ryder are right there too. Don't think that I don't have like 5% of those guys over the 50 lineups. Yeah, it's worth having. Like you said, the 7K range is where you want to be a little bit more different than the top. The top, it's tough to tell between that 2v2 I mentioned of something like Im and Mito, and we know what we like, but Berger and Lowry, like they're all good golfers, but down here, no need to, to put yourself into someone 20% owned. All right, well, Nick says, studio looks great. Thank you, Nick. Again, we're going to get more lights in here. They're, they're literally on route as we speak. They might come knock on the door as we're filming this. So we got two weeks to figure it out, bring up the uh, the brightness of the studio, the loudness of the studio, cut down on the hollowness. We're, we're still working on that. So bear with us, please, when we go through all this. Neiman and Mitchell or Brooks and Norin? I like Brooks and Norin. Not that I use, I didn't use any one of those four guys in any of my lineups, but I would prefer the Brooks and Norin side. Although I do like Neiman. I'm just, I think fading Mitchell is a stand to make this week. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, obviously. But it's, I think it's a good, like a 22% owned Keith Mitchell. No thanks. It doesn't seem like it's going to end well, that's for sure. <laughs> and, and I like what you said, too. And it also kind of fits what you talked about earlier. If you're going for more of the grinder style, Brooks, Norin, that's what they do. Don't expect them to make a lot of mistakes. Again, very volatile event. Anything could happen. But I like it for more of that style build. Everyone out there, remember, smash the like button to the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and click on the newsletter. Free to join down in the description. People seem to enjoy the newsletter. I'm on it. I'm on the newsletter list. I love it, personally. It has all the details that you need. It breaks down. Had all the the bear trap stats this week. You always put in. I like during the football season. haven't seen it as much during the golf season, but you'll put in, like, this is where I'm at at the start of the week, and then it kind of portrays itself by the end of the week, and maybe you're somewhere different, but you still stick with it. So I I love the newsletter. Don't think that I haven't hired someone to do research for that. I don't have time to do research (laughs) for that. I want to make sure it's good, though, is what I want to do. So shout out my researcher, who shall remain nameless when it comes down to this. Uh, what else do we have there? Is Billy Ho won and done this week, Pat? Love the show. Smash the like button. I, I think he's going to be a popular one and done. In the I play in the $1,000 one and done with the 49 people. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. I'll give away my pick. I use Matt Jones. Yeah, it's definitely going to be unique with that one. Billy Ho will be popular for sure. I mean, I guys up to Sungjae, Louie, Horschel. Yeah. That, that's yeah. who people are going to use this week. Yeah, so. like if you want to get tricky, use Brooks. No one's going to use him. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing actually doing, I don't want to say really well in the race for the Mayo Cup, but I think I have two teams, one inside the top 200, one inside the top 500. And all I do literally is take the top 10 odds on the board, go to Fantasy National, sort by DraftKings pricing, and just see who's being owned, who's not being owned, and use the guys. Like, there's no more thought put into it. It has no correlation with my plays, my bets, nothing else. It is pure owner. Like, I don't, if I knew, I would be winning tons of money every week. That's what me, I don't know. I feel like I do. I have a good grasp on it. But when I, I'm like, okay, so last week, Kawa, not playing him at 10-4. I did. You know I, what? I, I, he, I'll play him in this. And he crushes, and that, that helps move you up the board. So I'm like, I'll, I'll take my shot that way because it is so tough to tell with these guys at the top. But you got to think, too, a little bit of strategy. Where are you saving some of these guys for? Like, for yourself. Love the Matt Jones play. Yeah, where am I ever going to use Matt Jones? Super leverage in the tournament and the field that you're in. Most people are going to play it very safe with $1,000 on the line. And then on top of it, it's a good spot for him. And he's playing well. And he won here last year. It makes sense. And if you do get that one outlier winner, that's that's why I do, especially in a tournament like that. Like last week, who the hell did I use? I think I used Xander in that one. Just because I knew Xander wasn't going to be super highly owned. Coming off a Xander week where everyone used him one week. People used him at Tory. I was like, all right, now's the time to get in. It's like I used Cantlay in Phoenix. Really wish he would have won at this point because I didn't have Scheffler either way. But he had been used so much the previous three weeks. Like, well, not that many people have him left to use. Now I can deploy him. So just being a bit contrary in that way also saves the very popular, like high end players 
for tournaments later on where no one else actually has a chance to use them and you can cash in. I think you've talked about it in the past about we should plan our season out and then you, we always go off the rails, right? Like yeah, I'm trying like, to stick to it and it's working so yeah. far. See, that's the way to do it, I think. But it just, it's so hard to do and so many things come up on a weekly basis. That's why. Let's see. Any recommendations on the best way to walk the course on Friday? Spoiler alert from the DFS Open. Pat got too hungover and never went to the course. I, Rick and I watched it on TV and then went and like, got wasted with Raza and, <laughs> I, and I Nelson. <laughs> I do remember this now. Yeah, we walked it. I think there's a couple spots. You can go to obviously the bear trap. It's tougher to get into. There's a lot going on there. They've built it up even more this year. I like hole 10. I think that's an interesting spot to go and just wait out there. You can get pretty close to the action, close to the golfers, see some great shots, and they just sort of walk it up from there. That's kind of how I like to do it. Wind? Did you look into it? Yeah, a little bit. It's slight right now. Again, this is a little bit early still. It's Wednesday, but we'll get enough from tonight. But I like using the super forecast on wind, windfinder.com. Yeah, it's a good one to use. And it does show just, I mean, I'm not, I don't take this into consideration because it's so light, but it's up to 15 mile per hour gusts for the Thursday AM. Very equal on Friday saying that maybe you could get a PM AM. I don't have anything against running some wave stacks. If you're playing your 150 or 20 plus lineups or something, but I think you got to commit. If you're doing it, do it. Don't just pull one lineup and say, Oh, I'll do it just in case. That's the equivalent of playing a guy 1% in your lineup. It's like, Oh, it didn't work out this week. No wonder you, you put them in one lineup. I'm looking at it right now, the super forecast. And it looks like those gusts, uh, nothing up to 15 anymore. Now it's up go. to 14, but it goes from like 10 to three. So you're going to hit both waves anyway. Yeah. And, not trying to do that. And, and look, if you do want to commit to lineup stacks, like you said, commit to it and almost do it every week and just hope to get lucky once or twice a year. And you're the only person, especially with the times when the wind, like yeah. it, it's projected for the morning. So everyone's like, oh, let's play the PM stack. Load up on both sides of the stack because everyone will inevitably just load up on the one that's projected, but it's the wind. So it might just not show up for five hours and you have a clear path to winning. And then Fantasy National, windy AF setting. You can get on there and see some guys play good in the wind. So Todd, it's like Todd he, plays well in the wind. That's right. And, and you got that situation where guys play well in the wind and they, they're in the bad wave, quote unquote, but then they come out and play well anyway. So it's really tough to gauge that. Could you rank Herman, Vegas, Hughes, and Palmer? These guys are, are fucking with me at this point. Har- Herman, Vegas, <laughs> Hughes, and who's the last Palmer. one? Palmer. Palmer? Vegas? Palmer, Hughes, Herman. That's how I've got him. Vegas, Hughes, Palmer, Herman for me okay. is the way that I would do it. I like Vegas quite a bit this week. He, he really does show up every Did you hear anything about the RBC Canadian Open back in the Glen Abbey days correlations? Because I heard that brought up. and obviously Well, well it's just because it's, it's quote-unquote Nicholas. Right. I'm saying that. But I, I didn't think too much of it otherwise. But obviously Vegas dominated there so, yeah and vegas know. played well at 3m last year too with all the water like yeah. he looks good to me this week he will have some ownership of course right there at 8500 but maybe people go to wise or young or Harmon, like you mentioned i just think and Knox is below there, there's definitely opportunity there with vegas to just play him and move on i think mitchell above and guys like kirk worry me a lot more above and below when does cust come in to curse the new studio i don't know we're going to do something this week, but Jeff has a surgery tomorrow. Right. So I didn't really want to like press him on a Wednesday night. Hey, let's pre-record some stuff. I just hope he's ready to come back for Monday with this knee surgery. Everything goes well. That would be fine. I don't know. Next couple weeks or so. We, I, I've we, got to meet him a couple times now. And, people, you know, Kenny asked me about it. Obviously, Kenny, huge fan. Get on there. Check it out. The Custy Awards, the panel. Kenny was on there, and I loved it. But I just think... 
People ask me and, and still do that now that I'm in the studio here and coming on to shows and things like that. They'll say, is he really that way? I, honest to God, he is exactly <laughs> that way. It cannot be a bit. I swear. I, I've watched, I've been there live. We watch football together on Sundays. Anything that pops up, he tries to, it's his take. It's, it's legit. He can't keep it to himself. It's unbelievable. He needs you. to put it out into the ether. Yeah. He's always wrong. Always. The space flavored Coca-Cola now came out this week. Freaking out. Send him into a man. Freaking yeah. out. Just insane. Might, might have to do like an emergency live show with him in here <laughs> talking about it. If we can fix the mics. Yeah. Then we can figure it out because he talks like this. Yes. Then, then we won't be able to hear him. That'll be bad news. We're like yelling now because we know when we were doing the pre-record, <laughs> that everything was coming in so low that we had to yell just to make it seem okay. Paul, do you have any sneaky one and done picks? Sure. Duffner? Don't use Duffner, according to Paul. Don't use Duffner. Um, I think I'm using Cebez. That's because I suck. Paul says he <laughs> sucks and is using Cebez for anyone. Uh, it's kind of dark in there. Yeah, no shit. Might have to ban this guy for life. I already yeah. mentioned how dark it is. We've said it three times now. Yeah. That's a ban for life. Mikey Boy G. He's getting told to fuck off right now. And I'm <laughs> inching on ban for life, by the way. Inching. I know. I look. We edit the fucking show. I can see it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, most people. Yeah, most people would take days off and not do any content to fix it. We're powering through. That's correct. Turn what up we the do. fucking brightness on your screen, or just listen. All you need is the information. Yeah, you want to watch us? Perfect. Hit the like button. Listen. Don't worry about the brightness. Now this guy says studio needs more lights. Yep, banned for life. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck you. Uh, let's see. Good. This, first time hearing Tambo. Big fan. Love it. Who's this? This, uh, this is Pranil Vita. Pranil, love you. Appreciate you. This guy is a big deal, says a hole-in-one prop. I know it's a long shot, but two players hit it last year. Do you ever venture into markets like that? Because I, I just think they're Ooh. stupid. They're very stupid. I actually tried. I went in the booth at the WM Phoenix Open a couple years ago, and I was trying to get odds on a Sung Kang hole-in-one. I just was feeling a one guy, and no one would give it to me at like 100 to 1 or some crazy odds. Would have been more than that, but I would have liked to have that. But no, I do not venture into that market very often. See, unless Cuss tells me it's not going to happen, and then I'll bet a yes. Then you do it in the yes. middle of the pack for one and done. So I need to make up some ground. Not totally desperate. We cover this a little bit, but Billy Ho, Vegas, or Burger. I actually think amongst these guys, if you're in the middle of the pack and you need to make up steam, I think Burger's the play. Yeah, because people are gonna like be. Is the back okay? Do I need to use Burger? Do I save him for TPC Southwind? No. Yeah, and it's definitely not Billy Ho. And then we talked a little on Vegas. That's to each their own, but I, I would go burger. Vegas could be fine. Yeah. No, when are you saving Vegas for would be my point. And, but the other point would be on the other side of it with the burger conversation. To me, it's only between those two is why would you know, what are you doing with burger? Use them when there's uncertainty. Try and get the win out of them now when less are on them. That's what I would try and do. Is Robert Streb anyone you love this week? No. No, I didn't even know he was in the field until this question. So thank you, Adrian. That, that's really nice. You, you, you've informed me, even though I've been looking at this stuff all week. No. Is that Tambo? Yeah, that's Tambo. That's him. That's him right there. In the flesh. Thoughts on Kiradesh this week? <laughs> the barn rat. No, not in on him either. I mean, just this range, like we said, it's not the most ideal. You could play guys from down here, but I think that's one of the things I always talk about people trying to find this diamond in the rough. They think if they solve that, they're going to win all the monies. It's not how it works. You still need to have five other guys in there. So I will say this, if you want to play barn rat, play them in enough lineups where you can still get some mix and match above the top. Is Fratelli too wild off the tee right now? Fratelli is really weird when you go and look at his numbers because he actually performs really well across driving, Approach, around the green, and putting, just never at the same time. Not even close. 
to the same time. It's like one, he'll gain eight strokes chipping for a week and just lose across the board everywhere else. He just strikes me as a guy that if you play him, you just play him every week and hopefully you catch the good week. Or this week, maybe if you could find it, some books have the best South African, and you've got Louis but I like, I like and Sibes. And Higo? Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, but I Sabatini? would say Higo or Fratelli, I think would be, that'd be a way to play them. Because like Fratelli pops in here on DraftKings at 7,100. We talked about it, but like Sam Ryder, Hal, Swafford, Schwab, Sink, Smalley, Svensson, Willett. There's so many guys in there that why would you need to go there? But there's another way you could get access to him if you think if you want to hedge or think he's going to have a good week. That would be a way you could go about it. Top South African, he is actually... Would you bet Dylan Fratelli plus 550 is top South African? Probably not. No. No, I don't like that. Louis plus 145. You can bet Dowie Vanderwalt at 18 to 1. Definitely. Or Schwartzel, who kills the 3M, by the way. Schwartzel would be the interesting one there. Actually, what's he at? He's 850. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that would be something where you could, where you're probably not going to play him, but that would be the bet. I think right there. Let's see. Young or Norin over Mitchell on, Oh, this guy. I thought I banned this guy for life. Now he's bringing up this site that I, it's not DraftKings, but I've never heard of it. I hear it sucks though. I don't know what site it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so something and, to do with jousting potentially. To me, I'm, I'm representing one site and one site only here, so that's the site that I'm repping today. And I'll, uh, I'll either way, that. Young or Norin over Mitchell, I played them both. I played Norin. Norin, I think for sure. Just again, he's actually been playing pretty good coming into it. And he's a, he's a grinder type, so I think he would be the guy that makes sense. Tambo, this one's for you because no one cares what I have to say about this. When making your lineups, what is the range of golfers in your pool? How many guys am I using? Yeah. Yeah, it depends. Right now, when I'm playing like 10 lineups, uh, I'll probably put like 25, 30. Like, I'm, I'm still okay with spreading it out. Oh, but really? You're using 25 or 30 guys over 12 lineups? Right. Is it like the same three guys and then the bottom three? I was are just, just- going to say this. I used to do the same thing in 150. If I played 65, people are like, that's too wide. Now, it's not 90 like the people I think are crazy. But what I would do is I would have 40 core guys that it, there's really 40. And then I'm sprinkling the one offs around my core. So if my core hits, I might have some outs. I do the same thing now. Eight of the lineups. Very much the same. That's where it's much more limited to the player pool. And then I'm sprinkling some guys. And I'll make like one or two lineups, like, a, you know, whatever, just to, to mix it up. Like you said, a grinder lineup or an around the green lineup. Because you can't really correlate that much in golf, but that's some of the way that you can. When is the first $1 million top prize DraftKings tournament? They seem to be 200K, 250K lately, but filling up the night before. Well, there was one last week. You almost won it. Yeah, last week was a little bit expensive. It was the mega. You could win tickets in. Now, right now, I would imagine it's going to be the players. It pretty much always, always is. is. They haven't posted it yet, but there has been tickets for the 22-22. They've split it in half. I bet you we get you a $25, in. $20, million dollar. I would imagine so. And, and I will deposit $0 into that one. It might be actually, though, the $100. Where they pulled they they pulled it out last year at the players because my boy Big T got the job done, shipped it with JT winning and Bryson making the eagle down the stretch. So it might be that, but it should be the players. I think they're gonna pull it out here soon. They just pulled out the world championships for the live oh, finals. I, so. I, I, I stopped playing the hundred dollar single entries and I'm I'm only focusing on the $125 qualifiers for that. I'm in all of them. That, that's what I want. I'm only in the 125s, but they put out uh, 10 spots. You play five in each, yeah. two tournaments. I'm playing those 10. I'm playing my, one lineup in one and, of them. And that's it. You only need one to get it in. It's the top 300 this year. Drops it down to 150, drops it down to 40. That, that'll be the big one. And then you get to go wherever the live final will be. I have only been in one final ever. Yeah. UFC. <laughs> what I come? Dead last. <laughs> Paul... 
It was a bad week. I didn't tail Paul. I tailed Cody. And Cody either gets every pick right or uh, his leans don't necessarily work out. Fortunately, when he gets them all right, it pays like 200 to 1. So yeah, it, it's profitable for one single. I, I got in because I used his like three upset plays on yeah. this like random card. And I was like, oh, I beat everyone by 100 points. <laughs> this was great. So I went back to the well, went with the lean on him instead of Paul. And uh, ended up coming last. Still got a bunch of money, though. Hey, with those guys, just stick with the long term. You'll be all right. Don't worry about week to week, because when you go the whole season, you're going to make a lot of money. Thoughts on Aaron Rye? You're using him. I am not. Yeah, I like him quite a bit more than most. I, I mentioned him. I, I don't love him as much on DraftKings as my bet. I think I got him 110, and he's already down somewhere 80, 90 range. But, uh, you know, 110 with the each way top five. If he can be sort of this year's haggy, I'd be okay with that. Someone keeps asking you for groups. I have no idea what they're talking about. Is, it, is his name Jim? Yeah. Yeah. Jim loves the groups. He's, what the fuck is groups? Basically, when you're setting up your lineups, is there going to be any groups if you're using an optimizer? Oh, okay. Where you're separating? I, I will say this. There's one easy group this week that I'll give away that everyone should follow. There is so much volatility at this. We've talked about it already so much. Take the top seven or eight owned guys and put at most two. And do not let three of those guys get into your lineup if you want to play them. First off, do what you said. Make your cuts. If Mitchell's out of here, get him out of here. Take whoever you want out. But then put it at most two and be happy if only one of them shows up because it's very unlikely the chalk gets there this week. It rarely ever does. I just used the one. I mean, this is why I like Fantasy National. I want to make my own picks. I want a computer <laughs> telling me what to They can put the lineups together, the players that I want. That's the way that I want to approach it. Yeah. But and I, I guess I didn't just call them groups, but I do that in the lineup generator. Like I'll run 20 lineups of every lineup must include two of these four guys yes. and run it that way. Same thing. You're, those are the groups. Same so thing. You're okay. saying you're forcing something to happen, or you might say, I love these 10 guys as grinders. I think it's going to be a grinded out type course. I want at least four of them. Or you can set up wave stacks that way. So many different features you can do. Libiota, Stanley, or Haggy? Apparently none is not an answer. I take Libiota. Why not? I would, I would probably stick with Haggy. I know it's unlikely he comes second again, but I just think he has the better game. The, the interesting thing about Libiota, Hank, is another FSU guy like Brooks and Berger. So if you think they're going to do well here, maybe you can make the all-FSU lineup. And I think there's one more. Um, oh, no. Oh, yeah, Chase. Chase Seifert got into the field at 6,400 for Tyler Duncan. He didn't get in on the 16-1 to for the Monday Q, but he did get in. He's another FSU guy as well. How come Benny Ann couldn't qualify for this? He just won. Why don't they just give him an invitation? Uh, Chase Kepka has that spot oh, in the yeah, field, great. and he has to come along because Brooks sells tickets. Chase was T21 at the 3M. 30th here last year. We're not playing Chase Kepka. I'm not playing Chase Kepka, but that's the story on him. Uh, is Pat still high on Swafford? I was never really high on Swafford. It was the numbers that were high on Swafford, and I— couldn't I used him in DraftKings. It's all I'm doing. Yeah, I like that. That's where I would use him at as well. The ownership doesn't seem to come with him for what it probably should. So at 7,100, makes sense. What expensive guys do I put on my all Magic Beans team? McCarthy, Todd, Thompson, and Hughes. I think you got to put Reed on that lineup. Reed and yeah. Louie? <laughs> Not Louie. Uh, you know, Louie can, Louis can do it, but I love the other calls, especially Hughes. He has to be on there. And then the Reed point makes sense as well. Uh, let's see. 60 to one on Reed wins once a year. I just, I, he looks broken. He doesn't look like the same guy. And Jeff kind of pointed it out. It's not like at least before when he would go into these tournaments, he would show some sign of life. He hasn't shown a sign of life in six months at this point. Bermuda was the last time that we saw it. I believe. Yeah. He switched to PXG clubs or whatever. And I'm, everyone has their own take on that. I'm not the equipment guy. I always send people away, find the equipment chat. I don't care about that narrative, but it could have something to do with it here. And I think you already said it, but it makes perfect sense. Like if you want to play Patrick Reed, play him on DraftKings. It's going to be like one to 3%. Owned. Oh, I, I would go the other way. I'd say just put the 60 to one bet on him. 
Yeah, I, I don't like that because I think I don't think he's going to win. I think there's zero chance he wins. I don't think he. Well, even... I don't think it's a zero chance. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy who's won the most of anyone in the field. It's it's possible. I would just like you said when you look at some of the other guys there that you can get when he has no form coming in. I think that's will he win one of the next sixty times? He has better odds than that probably, but. Right now, with how we see him, no one's going to play him on DraftKings. He would be such a differentiator. I like to look at it from that angle. Sure. Okay. I like it. Any love for the smother man? No for me. I think he's just getting too popular. Yeah. I, I don't, you don't really need him. Uh, he would be the same sort of situation I mentioned earlier. If you get the haggy of last year that comes second, you want to bet him 200 to 1 or whatever I think, it is. I think that's Svensson. Yeah, it probably is, to be honest. What, what was Svensson? 150 this week, I think? Something yeah. along those lines. 140, 150. I think that's the better bet for sure. Yeah, or even on DraftKings. Like, I think that he's, for some reason, Svensson's going to be slightly lower owned because he's a bit more expensive. I just think that's a better bet. Uh, what scares you about Kirk? Uh, just, it's not nothing that scares me. He actually has great numbers. Everything lines up. All my numbers and stuff that I've got up here in front of me come out perfect. The ownership is just a lot when we talked about all the possible guys around. We didn't even talk about them all, but like K.H. Lee, uh, Nikolai Hoygaard is there coming off a win overseas. Uh, Ian Poulter. Ricky Fowler, Brendan Todd, Sepp Straka, like there's just too many guys that just want to commit to him in cash games or whatever where you don't care about ownership, have at it. In tournaments, I'm looking to get leverage. I think there's too many other guys in that range. Smash the like, sub to Mayo Media Network. You sub to the Mayo Media Network right now on YouTube and uh, we'll answer your question. How about that? Be nice. Yes, we want that. We're probably going to answer it anyways. Michael Thompson, too low at 80 to 1. No, I mean... You missed out on a whole lot of opening value. 125, I believe, off yeah. the top. So, If you think he's going to win, bet him. Like, I'm not going to talk you off of him. Obviously, I bet him to win, but I bet him to win at 45 points higher. And, and I think he's another one we literally just talked about, Chris Kirk, but it, what's Thompson going to come in at? Same price right there. Definitely could be a guy you move to instead of Kirk as well. Okay, JT Poston, top 20 this week? I'm not on that. No, I'm not chasing. He's done well the last couple times out, but it's not someone I'm chasing down there. Russell Knox, yes or no? No for me. No for me. I'm sticking with the thought of the four or five missed cuts and a lot of people talking about it. And he's another one that's showing in ownership projections. Like, oh, he's kind of just hovering. I don't think he's getting talked up. I think opposite. I think he's getting talked up by everybody, and I think he's showing up in models and the three. Everyone, oh, he's going to come 33rd again because the last three times he came 33rd. Okay, he's playing good. He makes sense. Played good at the Sony. I get it, but there's just, again, there's other guys there as well. C.T. Pan, first round leader. I, I, it's not for me. I, there's, not, there's literally no player in the field I would talk you off of as first round leader. That's the whole point of first round leaders. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all. I think that's if you wanted to get some exposure to C.T. Pan. I also think at 7,700, you could get some, some action there too and get off the, the curse. Lee Westwood, 7,800, drop it down 100 bucks, use some C.T. Pan. The curse pivot, I, I, that might be a strategy I have to employ. Yeah. Adam Shank, any love? Nah. No. He, he got broken at Torrey Pines, I think. Uh, yeah, there's another Adam we just talked about with the same initials, Adam Svensson. Alex Smalley, another AS initials there above that. You, there's a couple different guys you can play. Uh, it's finally Mitchell's time to get that win. He's, he is heading towards. I mean, he got the win Here. at this fucking course. <laughs> That's also not a question. Band for life. Leave good questions. Yes. See, it says it up there right now. Leave good questions. I don't want to hear about your fucking state. You know what? Start your own goddamn podcast. Uh, I won't listen. Maybe other people will. That's where you can get your fucking statements out of the way. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, Clogging up Pat's chat. I hate it. I hate it so much. Reminder last week you brought up the Aussie connection for Genesis and only one didn't finish in the top 50. Min Woo Lee. Okay. Making note of that. 
Here's the South African, though. We talked about it already. Is, is it actually, or is there just a bunch of South Africans playing? <laughs> I think it's the, the latter, but still. Who do you have most likely to miss the cut in the 8K range? I think the answer has to be Reed at this point. Yeah, Reed. Knox. Woodland, I, yeah, I actually Wo- think he Wo- could Woodland be sneaky, is... but he would be in that of that conversation of most likely to miss it. But I, I do like you mentioned him earlier. This is another one. He comes home now at a course that could suit him. So you never know if he could bounce back. Is 30 guys for 240 lineups too big of a player pool? For 240 lineups? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why do all this research and not give, your shot at, give yourself a shot at $1 million? Because it's not available. Because this week, so. I feel, I feel like my, I know. I'm just saying, like when the players comes out for the oh. twenty dollar million dollar top prize, it's my my research is better um, used playing a hundred dollar lineup against a hundred people yeah. instead of a twenty dollar lineup against five hundred and forty nine thousand people. I, I can talk about this specifically because I've been playing one hundred and fifty lineups forever. I, that's what I'm normally known for, especially in PGA. This season, I've switched. I'm having the best start to my season yet. I've almost won the 555 twice. I just about won the Mega Millie last week. I switched to higher dollar, smaller field. You can get a few things wrong. Yeah, you, you literally need the absolute nuts. And that's why you play them. And if your bankroll is there, you have to. Totally understand it. I recommend it. But even then, there's a $3.20 max. Much more even payout structure. 10% of the prize pool to first. 10% of first to 10th. Double your money for like 24% of the tournament. That's where you want to build up the bankroll. It's where I built mine from. And then you start rolling it up from there. It's fun to play in them. I want to win the Millie Maker, but the $20 one is extremely difficult. Much more of a pipe dream than something that's actionable. And when I went back and looked at my results over the past three years, like I was a winning player outside of playing in those tournaments. Yeah, that's the same. Like that's where I just wasted all my money. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, I mean, people talk about it and, you know, Alex Baker, Osimo, most know him from the DFS streets. He's very open and honest, shared it, very transparent on Twitter. He just won the Millie Maker for the first time a few weeks ago and posted and said, I'm still not even close to even in this tournament with the million dollar hit that day. Now he makes money many other places and on the season quite a bit of it, but that was just goes to show in that tournament. It is a pipe dream. You want to get it, you want to win, and, but it's and, not. And he's firing basically 150 at it every time. Every not single one, time. Not, not 10, not 15, That's not right. one. I, I just feel like my resources, I'm not playing $2,000 a week. I'm yeah. playing like $500 a week. I mean, I've got friends that do the same, and I know you do as well. Put your 20 bucks in instead of going, we don't go to the movies yeah. anymore. I'm not renting one for 30 off the TV. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous, so put, by the way. Which is insanity, so that's what I'm saying. I, I don't care if you're cheap or not. I am, but I'm not doing that. But I'll put my 20 bucks into that for sure. And I still do put all my lineups into that. But when I'm playing 10, 12, 15 now, it's it, just going into it as those 15 lineups. That's why I, I like Doing all the research, playing all the guys. Why play the five dollar? Like I'm not, I'm not one. It was just like the when I was joking about the Neiman thing. Had I played Neiman, I win a hundred k. It wasn't gonna happen because I wasn't gonna play Neiman. I don't beat myself up about that. Like yeah. if I put in an entry into the five dollar, and I, let's say I won the five dollar with my fifty entries, I was never gonna put fifty entries into the twenty dollar. I just wasn't gonna do it. Yeah. So I can't get mad that I would have won. Like I see that all the time. Like someone will tweet me they won the mini max. Uh, with 150 lineups, and they win like 7,500 bucks or whatever it is. And then inevitably, the first two comments are always going to be, well, d- don't look at the $100. Yeah. It's like, well, were okay. you really going to spend 15 fucking thousand dollars finding out? <laughs> no. Yeah. How can you be mad about that? Don't look at the Thunderdome when your lineup that didn't even cash would have won the Thunderdome yeah. because some weeks it's crazy for those scores. It's 100 points less or something. But to roll it back to the research, like I think I do good research. I think I do a good job of constructing my teams, especially when I need to limit it to a single entry or three max, something like that. Like for the Pat Mayo experience one, I just arbitrarily picked three lineups yeah. just because it's fun. I think about like when I'm playing the 125 or the 100 against these limited field places because you can make a mistake. It's okay to make mistakes in those. Like last week, 
in a bunch of lineups, I had a very good five of six lineups. They all cashed. Mm-hmm. If I had played like that same lineup in the five dollar one, like five fifty, <laughs> like yeah. five dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, I think it's just what you said was key. Like, I'm not going back to look up all the what ifs or coulda, shoulda, wouldas. Have a plan, stick with it, go in strong. I'm a little bit more meticulous. It sounds like like I will pick the exact lineups for every spot. But you said it when you're on your one, your your five dollar, you are doing that. So I, I stick to the same plan. Would you prefer Neiman or Burger to start your lineup? And is there any concern with Burger WD before or during the tournament? I guess that they're that's. Going into the week, it sounded like Berger was okay. I would have swore Neiman would have withdrawn for this tournament after winning, but it looks like he's playing. We didn't talk about Neiman at all, really. I think he's a, he is the leverage play. Like, everyone thinks it's going to be Brooks. It's probably going to be Neiman, who's the lowest owned of all five of those guys. I agree. I think Kepka's getting talked up late. Neiman, coming off the win, it is going to be tough. Biggest win of his life, obviously. And he talked about it. He said, I think there was a little PJ action, private jet after the fact, where they rolled out, partied it up, he said, and some of the other guys that were there with him. Remember, all the guys met him off the green. They're ready to go. Sergio uh, Mito, by the way, maybe Mito partied it up with Neiman a little bit. But uh, I just think, like you said, going with Berger, I'm totally comfortable with and he's even come out and said today why he said look I was still healthy in Phoenix I missed because I didn't get to practice up to that point now I'm 10 days into it ready to go all right let's rapid fire because we're pressing the hour on this one how does ownership affect your guys's lineup construction in large field single entries for me that's why I talked about building that balanced lineup Mm -hmm. like if I don't have him or Louie in my lineup my lineup's going to be unique and not you like listen I could use Louie and him and Mitchell and still had like not be duped in a, like a 800 person single entry. I'm not worried about that. I'm just still worried about my path to winning that if I get my guys, right, sort of a two V two, a two V two. And my bottom end is much stronger because of that. Like, that's the way that I would think about ownership. Like I'm not fading anyone in a single entry because of ownership, but I do look at the ownership to be like, all right, here's where I can get a little bit unique that my path is still easier to get to the top. Yeah, I think if you're just starting off, especially even if you are a little bit more seasoned intermediate, I think one of the things you should do is take like the, what is everybody else doing? Build it. And then be like, what can I, what don't I like? Okay, this guy, Keith Mitchell, is 25% owned. I can drop down to the 8K range with him. I can move this 6K guy up to a 7K guy that nobody's on that I really like. That's all you have to do. A lot of people try and find these six random gem diamond in the rough things. Like, oh, it didn't work out. No wonder. Yeah. Has anyone ever won with that that line? It's like when, Rarely uh, ever. Like when, when Rick releases like the optimal lineups at the end. It's like, well, here's the highest. It's like, well, they only used 39,000. Like, you ever going to fucking use $39,000? Yeah. Like, it's not fucking happening. Go, why? why why even think about this? I'm not hunting for $39,000 optimals, <laughs> but what you will notice to your point is some, you know, there'll still be two or three guys that were talked about. And then you're like, sure, these other three, no one was really on them, but I heard mention. You can still find that with spending your salary or leaving a little bit on the table, but I like starting single entry with what's everyone else doing? How can I make it different? All different options you can do. Brennan Steele, recent form, bad enough to override his strong course history. I did not use him. Yeah, I don't have him. And to be honest, these course history guys lately have not been coming through. Yeah, Finau. Uh, think about Finau. Finau. He uh, was cursed that week, though. He was. But then you had Bubba and DJ, the Genesis. That You know, that was another conversation. They did not come through. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. Very small sample size. But just in general, I think there's a lot of other plays that you could move to there. Wes Bryan. I did use him in my uh, my 51 lineups. He's sixty two hundred bucks. I had I had too much Duffner and Watney. I was like, I, there's no way I'm playing like twenty percent each of these idiots. So I I moved some guys up, rearranged some stuff, and added in Wes Bryan just to to dilute my sixty two hundred dollar losers. Do, doesn't he fit our RBC heritage yeah, conversation? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, may, maybe throw him in if you like. I, I'm not there. I'm gonna be a loser and play Duffner instead in my lineup. But 
Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't go to Wes Bryan, but he would fit that narrative. Will Russell Knox win? I'll say no. I'll definitely <laughs> say no. I mean, he, I'm sure he could win. Could he, he, he could definitely win. I'm saying no. Did I use – someone asked me if I used Hayden Buckley. Now I can't even – yes, I did use Hayden Buckley at 6600 bucks. I thought about the, him. The model loved Hayden Buckley. Why? I don't know. I'm not a computer. You know who my model liked in that same pri- at that same price? Ryan Armour. They actually liked him. 58th, 12th here, two of the last three years. 28th, 20th, last two times out. He's a grinder. Definitely a grinder. He can, he can find his way oh, there. And if, even if you go with the rolling report, which is a great feature, like I said, where you're not just taking rounds from four months ago because they fit the 50-round narrative, you can plug him in. I think Ryan Armour could make some sense here as well. He's like the low-rent Brendan Todd. Yeah, go cheap. He's going to he's he's hit every fairway. Well, he's not. He, if he's going to put it in the water, it's going to be on a par three yeah. or an approach. It's not off the tee. Yeah, you'll have to stress it a little bit, but I think that stress is priced in for your equity there. At yeah. 6600 you're good. Would this be the first field this season you would feel totally comfortable leaving 1000 to $1,500 on the table in your lineup? Or do you feel the need to swap up to one of those names? I think I have lineups with like $1,200 on the table. You can definitely do it. I don't. I can't put a name on if this is the only or first event I would do it at, but I think when you just look at that five-figure range alone from Sungjae down to Kepka, you could easily just not play them and leave that money to drop down to a Lowry, a Norin, uh, a Matthew Wolf if you feel good about them or whatever it might be where it's they all have the similar win equity in my opinion. Fleetwood or Lowry in GPPs? I'd go Lowry. I'm with Lowry for sure. Fleetwood or Lowry as an outright bet? Probably Lowry at better odds. He's double the odds. Yeah, again, same thing. Like, Fleetwood is at the low-rent Usti. He doesn't win over here. He's been playing okay lately, like you said, but we just we go through this conversation every time. And speaking of those sight lines and water on 18, we also got to watch that when Sungjae won and get to see him down the stretch putting it in there again. What do you think about Sungjae? I'm using Sungjae. Just not a lot. Of, like, if he's projected to be, like, 24% owned, I think I have been, like, 15% of my lineups. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I think too many times that's what it is. Oh, it's 24. If he was 19, I would play yeah, him. Like, no. Or you got to be triple the field or don't use him at all. It's like, no, I have some. I like Sungjae this week. Yeah. I find making lineups with him difficult, and I do like Louie. So when basically just combined together, those guys equal are in 30% of my lineup. And also some people say, well, you don't want to play him just at field either because that then you're just you're not taking a stand. Let me say this. I will play him if I play him at field with a different lineup construction. A lot of people this week will go Sungjae with Billy Ho as an example. Sungjae Mito, Sungjae Billy Ho, Sungjae Mito, Russell Knox. Right, and so just get away from that and go with Sungjae, maybe three 8K guys not named Mito and someone else and a couple 7K guys. You still have a pretty nice lineup. It's balanced after Sungjae and you're different than what everybody else is doing with him. Who's better to complete the 8K range, Vegas or Harmon, spelled incorrectly? I'll take Johnny Vegas. They're both spelled incorrectly. Everyone needs to know by now, Johnny Vegas does not spell his name like American Johnny. Definitely not. Jonathan, it looks like. Jahanatan. Yes. I like Vegas better. Yeah, I definitely like Vegas better and have more of him personally. Uh, Let's see. Aaron Wise top 10? Sure. Gosh. I don't, I, I don't play a lot of top tens. I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't either. I like the each ways that we have access to. But I, for a guy like Wise here, it's, again, a, a bit of a leap of faith. He did get his approach game back, but then lost the putter. Before that, he had the putter, no approach game. I know last year, started 64-64. Will he do that again? I don't know. But if he does, you'll want to have him. So yeah. I'll, I'll get some action there. Uh, updated best plays lineup. I don't really have one, but I think you kind of hit on it. Like, when people go construct their lineups, it's going to be M, Horschel, Knox, M, Mito, Knox. Like Mitchell somewhere in the mix. M- Mitchell well. will be in there. Uh, Kirk, like you mentioned, will probably be in there. Like yep. those guys. Yeah. I don't really. Is Wolf's driving a deal breaker using him on DK? No, I don't think so. Like I didn't want to bet Wolf at 40 to 1. 
But to use him on DK at low ownership, like he wanted the 3M. Like obviously, if he's playing well, he's going to be awesome. Gosh. He's very good in the wind. He'd be uh, an excellent pivot off of Mitchell. 100 bucks less, pay 100 bucks more, for you get a, Wolf. Mu- for a much better player, by and, the way. And the, what, what is Wolf's ownership going to be? What do you think? I, I've got six. Yeah, five, six percent. So. Yeah, that's the, uh, you know, one, if you're getting five to one odds, which is what you're getting there, 25% to five, we'll use round numbers. Five to one odds on Wolf versus Mitchell, you slam Wolf and yeah. play him. Yeah, and that, they, that they, head they, to head. they both have the same odds to win this tournament. Yeah. Yeah, one is going to be five times owned. The worst player is going to be five times more owned than the other guy. Yeah, I'm going to have to add another lineup here this week because it's like the Wolf, Reed. Like, this is what we talk about all the time. It's oftentimes at majors, not at tournaments like this where the field is a little bit less in strength of field, obviously, but especially from last week. But you've got these talented golfers, the Burgers, the Kepkas, the, the Lowrys, the Wolves, all those ones we just mentioned, Patrick Reed, they have talent. They're there for a reason. It's just no one wants to play them because what have you done for me lately? It's golf. They can show up in an instant. What would be a single tip for someone starting with the one with $150 in bankroll and is only playing DFS golf? I'd say get your feet low with the Minimax. Like, I, w- I would actually avoid tournaments completely. Maybe you, you pick a lineup and put it into the three into the Minimax, but I would recommend the small uh, small sorry, single entry cash games where they can just double up. You could turn that you can put 50 bucks in and feel safe, but it gets you 3 weeks of no value. No one wants to play cash games. If they want to make money, no, no, yeah, but no one. Listen, if you're investing $150 and getting your feet wet, yeah, the goal isn't to play fucking cash games. It sounds like this person maybe can't reload, and that would be the challenge I would have. Well, if, then play 20 lineups in the mini max. That's what 50 cents a pop. It's 10 bucks. Then that would be the way to go. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah, so try that, and you'll figure it out, and see if you like to build 20, you like to build five, you like to build whatever. Maybe play in one of the five dollar single entries too. What one last piece of advice I would add because I do agree with you is like maybe put your best lineup or what you think is your best start working and practicing on your single entry game because you could put one lineup in like the three dollar the five dollar single entry that you know whatever cash game even anything as long as you can make money on it that will help you learn your process beyond just playing 20 lineups or whatever ryan armor or schwab in the player pools uh i don't but you're playing armor i'm playing armor yes i've seen lineups with all 6k golfers that's just dumb yeah i agree with you josh i remember corn fairy hard battles between mito and cameron young both are good Great statement. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Good questions. Only, you piece of shit, clogging up my fucking chat. Oh, man. I hate this guy. <laughs> Ban for life. Hope he never comes back, ever. Well, how about Hayden Buckley? He's in the pool. Jimmy Walker, crazy stupid or sneaky smart? I, I've been down the Jimmy Walker road a bunch of times over like the past 18 months. It, it's not a good idea. Yeah, if you're, we're doing Jimmy Walker with Duffner in Florida, yeah. do that with Jimmy Walker still sucking in, in Texas. Texas. Yes, you there can. we are. Any value on Doc Redman, 181, or Willett at 200? I bet Willett, so Willett's my answer. Yeah, I think Willett's better. Redman has shown some stuff lately, but again, I would not bet him. He's not, in my opinion, he's not winning this tournament, mm-hmm. so or even top 10ing it, but he, you'd be a good DraftKings play with low ownership down there. Doesn't this feel like a Danny Willett-type course? Yeah, he fits your grinder lineups perfectly. Oh, yeah. You put him, Norin, some of the other guys, Brooks Kepka, like you're starting a good line. Reed, I know this is crazy, but like those are the guys that could just show up, grind it out, make that cut. At, remember, the cut here will be plus three, plus four usually. They can do that, and then all they have to do is show up on the weekend a little bit, and six of six, usually extremely low at this tournament. All right, last call for questions, by the way. Smash the like and sub to Mayo Media Network if you are out there. We got like a two-minute warning on this. Vegas versus Mac Hughes, head-to-head. I like Vegas more. 
I definitely like Vegas more. I talked about Mac Hughes earlier, and it just worries me a little bit that he's shown up more lately on these easy tracks and not as much on the hard courses. Satoshi Kadaira in the player pool for either of you? Uh, no for me this time around. RBC Heritage. I, I remember. Hey, you do quite well. <laughs> oh, remember that tournament? Listening to PGA Tour radio in because the all the feeds went down. Hung and- over as shit the day after my birthday, too. And you won 10K? 20K. 20K, that's right. Fun I remember time. this. Yeah, $5 awesome. lot. That's, but it was good because it was the week after the Masters. So the $5 tournament the week after any majors has like the juiced player pools. Oh, yeah. So it, it was a good time to come in third. And it's funny because I had outright, I had an outright on Siwoo. Your boy. And he was and, in the play. And I, I looked at it. I was like, oh, I really need Siwoo to lose here because I am the <laughs> only person with Kadaira up here. I remember you calculating which made more. And you're like, DraftKings definitely pays more. We yeah. are cheering for Kadaira here. Uh, let's see. Gary Woodland, question mark. I bet him, but that's just more of a, like, as Jeff put it, a macro play. I think he's going to end up being fine. So I want to um, be early on Woodland, even though if he keeps sinking my lineups, it's... Plays a lot in Florida with guys like Brooks. Buddies with him, lives down the street. They come play this course and whatnot. He's, again, another situation where 3%, like Wolf up top with Mitchell below him, and you've got Knox and Bazudenhout below him getting you know substantially more ownership. Good golfer, good talent. I know you have an outright on Padraig. Thoughts on throwing him in a few DK lineups? Uh, I have. I am using Padraig, and I bet him his first-round leader, too. <laughs> you want to talk about grinders. That guy is still a grinder. And he could just show up. That's the thing, too. What about, I, I heard some conversation this week. Kenny wanted to play Luke Donald in cash. Any well, thoughts? No. I, I see the same numbers everyone else sees. The approach has been really good. But he, like, legit sucks. Yeah. I would, I would play Chase Seifert at the same price, give or take. Yeah, uh, what, what, like, how much? Donald's not even, like, the min. I think he was he's 6,400. Yeah, so Hayden Buckley, better play. Uh, Duffner, better play. Wes Bryant, better play. Fuck, Nick Watney's a better play, in my mind. Our boy Raza, who saved me during Listgate last time we were on together, he, he saved me, finally got me out of the mix from you yelling at me. His boy Lahiri is down here at 6,500. I, I saw Jude underscore UT4 on Twitter. He, he posts some good stuff out, and he said, it feels like one of those left-field Lahiri weeks in Florida, Bermuda. He, he is a guy that if you would, I think you would be up money if you just played him every week. You know what I'm doing? I'm making a note right now. First-round leader. On Lahiri. I'm adding that. I don't bet a lot of first-round leaders, and I should bet more. He's one that I definitely think could do it here. That, that's just a guy I think could pop. Well, now I, I have to bet. Now my first-round leader list is going to be outrageous because I can't, can't have you He's say got a, What are his odds? It's got to be. Is, oh, that's to win outright. I was like, 300 to 1. That's that, what that I mean, is, yeah. That is fantastic. I, I like this spot. Uh, that actually. is not it, though. He's 160 to 1. Yeah, it's worth five bucks on the uh, five bucks on the first-round leader, five bucks on the each way. I'm in. Why not? Where are you at, Lahiri? I'm going down to it right now. I'm supposed to add Svensson, too. Svensson's 80 to 1. Oh, good. I have like nine first round leaders. Eh, <laughs> fuck it. I'll reload if I lose. Funny Quite. enough, Duffner and Walker are the same odds as I have right I, there. I, I did them. bet Duffner. Okay. Uh, is this the best course in the Florida swing? I don't think so. I think Copperhead is the best. Valspar oh. is my favorite of the Florida swing courses. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the major esque and the field strength. So obviously the player, Sawgrass. I hate that fucking tournament. I'm bad at it every year. I personally see that's where I think more edges can come out because everybody wants to play everybody. Just yeah. like last week, you know, that's why I was a good week. Usually the majors are better for me because every, nobody can decide. Yeah. Just, every name is good. The pricing is soft. What do I do? Everyone ends up with the same ownership. And if you take your stands, that's how you can get ahead. Uh, what do you guys think of Charles Howell? You like him? Yep, I like him. I've got him in some lineups here. Oh, here's one Hubbard and Higo or Wes Bryant and Westwood. I'd oh. much prefer Hubbard and Higo. 100% more, and I actually think it's good. 
I like. I don't think it's bad here. I'm saying I think those are two plays. If you can, the rest is going to be good because they're cheap. So I, I don't mind plugging those two in at all. Any chance McCumber fits your theory of a bomber playing well here? Well, he's not good, so no. I like his first name. Everything else about him, I hate. Swafford and or Westwood? Question mark. Ask better fucking questions. <laughs> it's a terrible question. For what? For what? For what? One and done? You want to use these fucking losers? No. Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs> All right, when I start getting this upset, it's time to breathe. It's probably time to answer one or two more questions and get out of here. Stars and Scrubs week with Murray, Wolf, and M. Okay. Uh, Michael Thompson wins it all this week, right? Right. (laughs) I would take it. Hopefully you got 125 to 1 because it'll feel a lot better when that ticket cashes. You know what? If it cashes and it's 80 to 1, I don't think people are sweating it too much. That's true. That's the one thing like when we talk about value and shit like that. Yeah, the, the Slansky bucks and the closing line value and everything we talk about so much. It feels nicer to have the big number, but if they're winning, they're winning. So All, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure closing line value was only invented to make fee- people feel good about losing bets. The bo- it's like, like, oh, I was, I was on the right side. I got great value. D- but De, you Beers, lost. De Beers with diamond rings for women getting married. Same sort of setup. They, they, they tricked us all. Tyler Tambellini. At Toe Tag and Tambo on Twitter. What Are you going live on Run Pure? Yeah, we're, we do a Wednesday evening show. We're actually starting a bunch of showdown content. We're going to be doing round three, round four shows so that we have some stuff over the weekend. Round four is better. Is that, the, is that paywall? Uh, some of it is. Right now it's not. So it, you can it, still check it out. And we had our shows that you can see from before as well just to see the, the script of it. Well, well here's the thing. Maybe uh, we do, we, I mean, Run Pure and, and Mayo Media Network have partnered up in the past. We have. Maybe we get one of those showdown shows on Mayo Media Network for everyone to consume. If I can be in it, I'd love to do it. I have more shows is always good. You know, I love the content. So I'm happy to be involved and happy to be here in the studio. Thanks again for having me. That can, uh, that can do it. All right. At Totec and Tambo, sub to Fantasy Golf Degenerates as well with Kenny and Tambo. And they also have a listener's league on the go in case mine is full or just go play them both every single time. You can catch that on the podcast feed or up on Mayo, Mayo Media Network's video version uh, on Monday evening. So it's a nice compliment to the Jeff and I show that we put out. It's the first look you're going to have at DraftKings for the week because my show doesn't come out till Tuesday. So you really need... That DraftKings first thoughts on everything fantasy golf degenerates on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or video on Mayo Media Network. That will do it for me. Thank you. It was fun to get back in the swing of doing the live chat. I hope uh, one of the reasons that I like doing this live chat, especially with Tambo in studio or with a guest, is that we get to talk through different theories that just didn't even occur to me based off your guys' questions. So I hope it's as helpful for you guys out there than it is for me. All right? Sub to Fantasy National slash Mayo at the end for that 20% off. Listeners League newsletter and uh, prizepicks.com. Code MMN. Get in on those golf props. All right? Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.